The question shouldn't be, how can we increase the conversion rate? Because that's just mm -hmm. the outcome. How can we increase the experience, as you said, for the user, putting customer first, understanding what they're about, why they're shopping with you, understanding their behavior. That's, uh, that's how you make progress. Hey, it's Becca. Welcome to another episode of Click to Buy. In today's episode, we'll be discussing things like how to create an experimentation mindset or how to calculate the ROI on your CRO practices. And today's guest is Nils. Nils, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Becca. It's, it's been a while and back, a lot of back and forth uh, to actually get me on here. So I, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time. Yeah. You're hard to pin down, but I think uh, it'll be great to have your, your insights here today. Well, for those of you who don't know who Nils is, I would love it if you could give a little description of who you are, what it is that you do when you're not on this podcast. Sure. Whenever, whenever I'm not here, um, I'm the founder and uh, consultant uh, at the same time at uh, 3Tech. We're a CRO and uh, experimentation agency uh, at slash consultancy specializing in, well, CRO, A-B testing, experimentation, and basically helping companies grow using the aforementioned uh, methods or, um, yeah, and that's what we do. And uh, I think generally speaking, uh, I think we already we, we had said in the intro, um, mm -hmm. a lot not only has to do with, with the tactics, but also uh, with actually sparking an experimentation mindset uh, like in, in companies. Um, to 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 help them better understand their users and hence make the the right decisions going forward maybe that's a great question to kind of kickstart this episode um in your experience what's the best ways that companies can encourage this experimentation mindset within their company so it's actually a good one because um it's a mm -hmm. question that i also regularly reiterate on myself um, because it's one of the key things that, of course, I want to instill when working uh, with companies, either those that already have a certain level of experimentation maturity or um, companies that are just starting out. But I think one of the, the most important things is taking out the ego in, in whatever it is they're mm -hmm. doing. So, for example, uh, take a company that has a UX department. A lot of the times, and this is not pointing fingers at anyone, but a lot of the times there is already very preconceived ideas of how things should be. Um, and of course, that then makes uh, those things then go into the actual uh, development cycles. And that's what users see. But what I oftentimes try to then instill or at least uh, inspire people to do is uh, to talk to actual users, to talk to customers, find out why people don't have uh, made a certain uh, kind of action or something, right? Um, and really understand uh, why users are coming uh, to you, why they love your products. Um, and I think, I mean, this is one part, but generally mm -hmm. helping companies or like be open to new ideas, even if they're like 180 degrees um, or the total opposite of what they have done so far. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they are doing everything wrong. Sometimes it's just like mm -hmm. little nuggets um, where people would be super surprised. Oh, really? We didn't think that way. And so I think like being very much open to, um, to discovering new things and like letting down this ego to a certain degree um, to, to not just keep posturing on your own opinion that, because it's been the same way 
for for years and we've done this like for years that way <laughs> so i think th this is a hard transition though it's not easy um mm -hmm. and i often find that especially within well-established companies that's a real challenge because um people have li like not lived necessarily but like uh, worked in, in 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 their frameworks before um and it's getting harder to to change those things in newer companies with newer spirit uh, this is oftentimes easier but um it's a challenge either way. For well-established companies, uh, this kind of transition um, or even just allowing themselves to ask these kind of questions is sometimes uh, rather difficult because mm -hmm. certain mindset have already been set in stone um, in a way. With newer companies or less established companies or companies that have um, more, yeah, more drive in them for, in a way, right? It, this, this is easier, mm -hmm. um, but... Nice. And I guess maybe bouncing off that question, I know that when you're trying to get companies to think about incorporating experimentation or CRO practices, sometimes that means getting someone from the outside, maybe like yourself. Other times it means like upskilling people who are already in your company who maybe want to grow in that direction. Do you have any advice on resources um, that people who want to get better at these sorts of skills can, can use or can access to level themselves up? I mean, it it totally. I, I know people hate this answer, but it totally depends what kind of company <laughs> you are um, and and yeah. how you're set up. Um, let me just give you one example for um, if you're a company that doesn't have internal resources to to tackle mm -hmm. uh, A/B testing. Um, usually, the way to go is to to start with a freelancer, an agency, or somebody who can start building up. Uh, processes um, and like running the first test, but also doing the underlying mm -hmm. research, right? Um, True. Usually, one person can't do that, um, at least not in a long term, to actually fulfill the needs that the company has and also the, the kind of trust the company puts in into one person to, to just do this. So um, what I usually recommend that even though um, being an agency, I think building out internal teams, especially after a certain amount of time, um, I think mm -hmm. just makes makes a lot of sense and still like then we, we do this with a couple of our clients where we then still come in help and then that's the point where yeah, the, the upskilling comes in like make sure mm -hmm. that the people in the company uh, do have the right skills develop in the in the I hate the word or the term right direction but like that they're developing in uh, in the best like in the best way to mm -hmm. to actually fulfill the CRO and experimentation needs that the company does have. Um, so I think there is, depending on where you're at, like what level of maturity you're at, then um, mm -hmm. getting outside help um, or building up internal uh, capacity uh, can definitely make sense. Um, the needs at each one of those stages yeah. is vastly <laughs> different. So um, I would probably like do it on a case-by-case -case basis, but and, but but you, I, think it, I think I kind of evaded your question because you were asking about resources. Um, and I think, <laughs> yeah, so, so let's, let's say someone's maybe at a smaller company, maybe they have a budget or maybe there's somebody in a, I know we actually spoke about this in my last guest, um, who mentioned that sometimes it's at like smaller startups and things where people are encouraged to like take on other skills and whatnot just because they don't have maybe the budget to hire everyone. Yeah. So if you're someone who's maybe more of like a self-starter or just like really wants to help out, they see this need in their company, like where would you go or where would you send someone to? 
So um, there is an awesome experimentation in Zero community. You'd, you'd probably find a lot of mm-hmm. people on LinkedIn. Um, someone sure. I really love uh, pointing people towards is Ruben, Ruben DeBoer. I'm sure, not sure if he's ha- been on the podcast or if he's planned. He has. He has? Yeah. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like his resources um, are spectacular, especially when you're uh, a beginner, especially when you need help and guidance to to do the first steps to to really understand how research testing evaluating results but also overall strategy how they all come together i think the courses mm-hmm. and even his newsletter um uh is is like a good a good real good deal of resource uh, to to go to apart from that what um i sometimes recommend people uh looking into it's of, co- of course a lot more complex and but is uh, the mm-hmm. courses on cxl um, but especially when you're looking at upskilling, they have a wide range of uh, resources that you can look into. That said, I am also a big fan of doing research and then applying uh, the, the knowledge gained from research or the, the inspiration, mm-hmm. right? So I think nobody becomes an expert um, or can't even get started without really mm-hmm. actually having something that they can apply it to. So if you have a company website or an online shop, the best thing, and you want to build up the skill of understanding users. The skill is not increasing a conversion rate. That's another completely different topic. (laughs) But if you want to understand users, understand their behavior and the whys and the whats, then actually finding through research something that you want to optimize or just better understand, um, like some kind of user flow, onboarding flow, and, and then just starting your first experiments. If you don't have the traffic for, for A-B testing, there's other ways of validating uh, assumptions or, or hypotheses. But I think the number one way to actually learn this skill, to learn this craft is by doing. Um, that's, that's, that's how I did it. That's how uh, a lot of other people have done it. Um, but mm-hmm. just by um, watching videos, I think that's, that's a good starting point, but definitely not uh, the, yeah. Definitely not the, like the you only said, thing there's, you there's do. lots yeah. of options. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Depends on obviously who you are and what you're looking for. Um, so one of the things that you said was also like it depends on like there's other things than A/B testing. There's like lots of different ways where you can look at something that you want to optimize. Uh, I was wondering if you had maybe like a framework that you often use maybe with like when you're helping maybe a smaller brand that wants to level up their online store. Do you have any kind of common psychological frameworks or things that you've used um, or see used more frequently since obviously there's not a one size fits all. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, there is there is a couple of things and, and I'm gonna, in, in one or two sentences, also gonna point to Ruben again. Um, and and yeah. he, was, he, he has like a super good book on uh, on behavior psychology and uh, understanding mm-hmm. uh, behavior insights. So I think he has an ebook uh, on that. That's amazing, um, at least for also a first reference. Um, but there, there is frameworks that I certainly use either in audits or in, in fully fledged um, A-B testing programs uh, with our clients. Mm-hmm. That's the seven levels model. I think it's by Konversionskraft, a German, uh, big German zero agent and experimentation agency. Um, that's certainly one mm. that's you can leverage either for super small companies who don't have the traffic to test, but you still want to basically understand how the how the site is built up, what, what opportunities um, uh, are out there and, and really just have a framework to 
to, to audit a site, right? Um, so that's one, um, if we go more into the behavior uh, frameworks, um, one that I always like to look at is the BJ Fogg behavior model. I mean, it's nothing new. Probably a lot of people have heard of it. Yeah. It's basically um, like using motivation and uh, action. And, and I keep always forgetting ability in English. is a bit funny. Oh, okay. um, like it's, it's basically having three factors and, and finding the, 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 basically the knobs to, to turn in order to, to get people to take action um, or do something. Right. So um, to enable, mm -hmm basically, um, behavior. Um, and it, this can be applied not only in, 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 in the online world, but in, in, the, um, in the physical and, and real world setting as well. So I think these two, like seven levels model and uh, BJ Fogg, if you really uh, go deep down, understand them, know how to, to use them, I think um, you're set for, for, for a while. Um, <laughs> and of course, there is others uh, that like other... Uh, types of frameworks that we use um, on a like, almost daily basis for for clients, mm -hmm. but I think they they are a bit more advanced um, in in that it would not make sense to go too deep in, in this podcast. But um, yeah, <laughs> maybe if two, we have a follow up are... webinar or something. Hey, I'm, I'm open <laughs> then, to that. Always better to have a little bit more time for more intense subjects. But for sure. thanks for dropping those resource recommendations as well as some frameworks that people can check out. Sure. Um, maybe now the kind of practical element, um, can you think of maybe any examples? This could be something you saw or someone you worked with, like of any clients or any brands that are really doing it right, quote unquote, when it comes to their kind of conversion or experimentation practices? Yeah, let me, let me think. It's, it's, I'm not a big fan of just saying, oh, our client XYZ does it the best. Um, sure, yeah. That's a bit of... Uh, um, I would think we're doing a re like a really good job, but um, what mm -hmm. I always like to, and, and probably this is this is what what I'm doing a lot of the time, is to to also mm -hmm. get inspiration from, because it's always so easy to to look at yourself, pat yourself on the shoulder, and then not look for what's possible. So even though uh, looking at Amazon for a lot of a lot of times is far fetched, um, that's a great example of how experimentation. Um, on scale can really make sense. But what I what I like to do is because Amazon has a lot of things, if you're looking at marketplaces, right? I think it's hard to, mm -hmm. to, com um, to compare Amazon with your normal, uh, like small e-com shop because it's a very different game, right? You have like millions mm -hmm. of products, people have a lot of choice and the, 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 the way or the decision-making process on Amazon is very different. But Still, for mm -hmm. for individual products, a lot of things you can, or like the product um, uh, presentation or stuff like that, there's a lot of things where I like to look at, um, even sometimes just, oh, this is new. What happened here? What what was the pr thinking process behind it? What could the hypothesis been behind it? And th then sometimes yeah. months later, I see, oh, this now this feature is gone. And actually, there is a cool site. Um, uh, it's called goodui.org, I think. Um, from by by Jakob, he he has a whole compilation of uh, of sites that he I'm not sure how he's doing it, but monitoring and seeing how they change and um, and and an entire um, repository of um, of experiment findings um, and, and results. Um, so, so that's amazing. But so mm -hmm. I think getting inspiration from some of the big players um, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to probably can't even, but um, 
run that many experiments or you have to do the same things. But I think the most important thing is to get inspired, but then try to start validating also these ideas you might get from, from maybe big players, but also maybe from the, the one brand that does one little thing very, very well um, and mm -hmm. then validate that against your own, uh, against your own customer base and uh, see if it actually works for you. Of course, just taking something yes. from another page, trying it on your site is probably not revealing the, the biggest potentials, right? But, but this is one way to start. Mm -hmm. um, and especially for sites that have already, or that already do a lot of user research, I think it's a, it's a cool add-on, but um, yeah. Not sure if it answers your question, but that's uh, <laughs> how I like to go about it. No, thank you. That was very interesting to think about. So indeed, it's not really looking at one brand, but just thinking about how you can pull inspiration from things you see around you and how that might spark like more maybe tailored experiments or things that can work on your kind of unique case-by-case -case yeah. basis. Because I know we've spoken to other people who run CRO agencies who said like they've noticed even from like one client who had like two different shops that were selling different things, like they each needed something totally different, even though it was like there were more things similar than maybe like you and a mass retailer like Amazon. So I think that's quite an interesting idea and approach to use yeah. this kind of way to pick inspiration and then tailor it. A hundred percent. Like, um, like even if you if you take uh, two shops, both built say on Shopify, um, they have almost mm -hmm. the same theme. Maybe just the logo is different and 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 similar products. Probably a hard setting anyway. But if you even if yeah. you, you look at that and um, then test one thing on one store and the same thing on the other, you might get totally mm -hmm. different results because the, the people. Um, buying might be totally different. They might be coming there for totally different reasons. Um, the ad, mm -hmm. like the, the frame they have when they come from an ad to your site might be totally different. Could be totally the same. But yeah. on average, looking at all the projects I've done, most of the time when we just come with uh, with good assumptions, mm -hmm. or, or not, not most, but a lot of the time they're still wrong. And this is, as a company, this is what I said earlier, you have to be very much open to, to being wrong. Um, and that's good because that's where you make progress. When, when, when something feels like when yeah. any kind of transition feels hard, this is when you grow. And the same thing applies in my opinion to, to growth online because um, nothing ever comes easy. Um, so, mm -hmm. so you really have to dig deep uh, to, to find what works for you. And, but if you find that, then you can actually start understanding uh, what's actually happening. That's where, in my opinion, the fun begins. Nice. Well, I have that actually perfectly segues into my next question, uh, which was going to be what is one thing you've seen or one thing that you think most online e-commerce brands get wrong when it comes to trying to improve their conversion? So I, 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 I yeah, well, I, I talked about it earlier. I mentioned it a little bit. Mm -hmm. If brands focus on improving their conversion rate, they're already doing something wrong. So this is, I think, one of the core misunderstandings of what a conversion rate actually does or what it actually means. So let's break that down. A conversion rate mm -hmm. basically describes how many of the people on your site do a certain kind of actions, right? So in, in the case of e-com, this is usually orders, email, email newsletter signups or something like that. But if you try to improve that conversion, like you're going for the wrong thing. What you want to do is you want mm -hmm. to understand what drives people to 
to to buy your product uh, or to to sign up to your newsletter and get, and change mm-hmm. or impact that behavior somehow but but this changing or improving this conversion rate i mean it's called conversion rate optimization so that might be a flawed yeah. term there's you can look up on linkedin there's a huge discussion <laughs> around that but but what i'm saying is like if we want to focus on the user, if we want to try to improve the user experience, um, make it easier for them to, to, to purchase or just find the information they're looking for, that's where it's getting interesting. But if we, like looking at a conversion rate and say, oh, I want to double it, that's so selfish. This, this, is, not getting, this is not getting anybody anywhere. A lot of things work for sure, right? There is True. tons, I probably uncountable amounts of checklists and, and whatever, but they all, most of them are BS because they focus on one thing, the shop. They usually don't mm-hmm. focus on user behavior. Of course, some, some uh, have that in mind, sure. But I think one of the biggest things that shops, even though they might sell, oh, we're customer centric, whatever, they still oftentimes lack focus on the customer. And I think mm. that sums up uh, a big, big problem in the industry. Um, but I think putting customer first, understanding what they're about, why they're shopping with you, understanding their behavior, that's, uh, that's how you make progress. Um, yeah, it's very basic, but, um, and it's yeah, but... probably for some people, it's like, of course, yeah, it makes sense. But still, <laughs> you asked about the majority, and I think the majority focuses True. on the wrong thing. Um, and that's that. Yeah, so thinking, I guess, more about the customer journey and their experience, and then knowing that if you kind of invest in that, like that will help the people who you would like to purchase from you. So although sure. you, I think you had a good point about just focusing on conversion, yeah, that is kind of inherently selfish if you think about it through that lens. So very, very I mean, interesting. The, <laughs> the truth is, of course, right? This is at the end yeah. what, what, what makes the business run. The, the company of has course. to make money. I understand that. And it's not like we as an agency don't, or as a consultancy don't look mm-hmm. at that. But the, the, the way of approaching that is different. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, we don't care if that like, drives no revenue or if the conversion rate increases. Of course not. That's the metrics we measure uh, part of the success by. But the, the, how we approach that is different. So um, the, in my opinion, the question shouldn't be, how can we increase the conversion rate? Because that's just mm-hmm. the outcome. How can we increase the experience, as you said, for the user, for the for the customer? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the way to actually, uh, on the balance sheet, see see the result. <laughs> but um, anything else is, in my I, in my opinion, a bit of hocus pocus. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, well, I love that. I love a hot take here on click to buy. Um, and I actually, for our next question, uh, sure. although now you've just given me a lot of thoughts on why we shouldn't think about kind of maybe the money first. I have a question from uh, someone, you know, Sander, sure. who's actually uh, would love to know your opinion on how do you calculate the return of investment of your experimentation? So maybe you can expand a little bit on that in the other ways that we can think of this ROI. Yeah, so, so it's actually, I think, a good transition because like on the one case mm-hmm. is the business case uh, where we, of course, have to look at, um, for example, if we're building up an SEO program or any kind of investment um, has to mm-hmm. somehow pay off. 
Um, and I think one of the ways you can, uh, this looks different for, for SaaS, but if we look at primarily e-com, um, and, and we assume this is easier for, for larger scale uh, e-coms because, for example, if we look at A-B testing and the company deploys A-B tests on a regular basis and has a strategy behind what they're doing, then, of course, you want to make sure that all this pays off. Um, the way you can do that is um, simply by looking at, uh, for example, one A-B test over the duration of the A-B test, right, um, in the variation mm -hmm. has yielded a certain amount of uh, additional revenue. There's calculators that you can put in your numbers um, and then you can like stretch that over say six to 12 months. That is part of it, yeah. but it's <laughs> not an exact science because how can you do that? Of course, you can only look at uh, the past data to infer on future data or on, on future uh, mm -hmm. events. Um, but it still gives you kind of a ballpark. Um, and uh, yeah, like it, it's, of course, you have to, to make sure that you're testing the right things um, and that you're not testing, I mean, uh, using the infamous examples of, of button color tests, right? But uh, like, if you're doing that yeah. kind of tests and like spending a lot of time, like figuring out these little details, probably, ROI on your experimentation and testing efforts, depending on your level of maturity, are going to be very low. But what you, if you ask the right questions, right? If if you use experimentation to to answer the right questions, then getting to to our to to, to return of a positive return on invest is like mm -hmm. very high because then you, um, and I think this leads also into the second part um, of this. It's it's not just the monetary aspect, in my opinion how to measure RI, but it's also the learnings. The mistakes uh, you, are, uh, you are not making by, by actually answering questions that you would otherwise just using guesswork for. So um, the way I, I try to think about it is like, how many decisions am I, one, able to make more confidently? Two, how many decisions can I um, not revert, but like how many wrong decisions can I not make or can I prevent myself or the company from making and mm -hmm. how much money is that saving? So there is a lot of ways to look at it, but in the end of the way, at the end of the day, you have to find a, a framework that works for you to actually, and, and this starts with asking the right questions on what is it that you actually want to use experimentation for. And uh, if you are, if you're just starting with, I want to double my conversion rate, you're, you're, you're bound to fail. Because um, one, you're setting like a very high um, expectation for yourself or to the person uh, uh, that's, that's doing that, but um, you're also not asking the right questions. And that plays into what I said before, right? But um, yeah. at the end of the day, I think um, sometimes doing small steps, but asking the right questions is, is, is the way to go. And then from there, you, you can, I think, see higher uh, growth and um, and also impact on the entire organization, um, but yeah, not everything in experimentation uh, can be easily measured. Like, uh, mm -hmm. for example, the openness of people to try new things. Right, this is a hard thing to to measure, yeah. but it's 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 an Im immense immense thing if you if you can get that within your company as a side effect from running experiments, then that's great mm -hmm. because like that start kickstarts innovation in a way right so think about that
that's a really good point like there are certain things you can't really put like a an amount on but having that openness maybe having people be having more of this like mindset to try to take different frameworks and apply it other than just like fixing your web page but to other parts of the business like these are not things you can maybe quantify but uh I really like what you said like if you're not kind of if you're not asking the right questions you're not going to get maybe the right results that you're hoping for yeah and it's, um, in the same way there is there is so so i think about experimentation if you if you do it properly mm-hmm. it becomes a business function or a, a, a business um uh like a part of your business the same way mm-hmm. bookkeeping accounting uh or um i don't know the 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 function or the the people who who clean your offices right yeah you, you don't you don't you can't necessarily measure every every aspect of of all these departments but uh they're necessary mm-hmm. and they're they're there to not only make sure your keep business keeps running but they're also uh there to to make people feel good um to yeah and in the same way i believe something mm-hmm. i haven't yet been able to measure that well but um on the long term, experimentation also adds happiness in a company. Um, not all the time, mm. for sure. But um, I've, I've had like one specific case that I like to, to point out or like look at where in, in the beginning, when we started out with a client, people were like, oh, God, we have to do an extra thing. Now we have to build tests. And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, but the, the, the management was behind it. So that was great. But, um, but at some point, um, their CMO came to me and was like, hey, people actually like running tests now. They see that this has an impact on their work. This makes their work for them more valuable. And if you think about connection, that if people connect more to what they're working on, this, mm-hmm. I, I would say, probably has a good impact on, on productivity. My take, my personal take, but um, maybe yeah. one that some people uh, are able to take home. Well, I love that. I think that's such like a positive note to kind of wrap up our, our discussion. And uh, before I let you go here, I would love to know if you have maybe a question um, that we could ask our next guest. So our next guest is somebody who is very involved in A-B testing, the A-B testing influencer. Uh, I won't spill their name, but mm. think along these lines. If you have any sort of question out there or if you're just interested in like an alternative opinion. Yeah, so um, so I have like already a picture of who that could be um, based on uh, based on uh, recent LinkedIn posts. Um, but but I'll 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 ask a question that um, mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll have a good time um, answering, um, or he she um, I don't know. Um, who knows. They will have a good time answering. Um, and it's like, how do you make sure you're running the right experiments, especially if mm-hmm. you're on a limited uh, on limited resources, right? So uh, mm-hmm. case being uh, you're a small e-com company, so you can only run two, three, four experiments per month because maybe that's you have don't have the resources internally or um, or you don't have the traffic to support more, um, how would you make sure that you're running the right experiments to actually make sure uh, this program, this this invest has an ROI? 
I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I have a personal answer for that, but um, <laughs> but um, I'm curious to to hear their approach. Well, we'll get back to you when uh, we've recorded their episode, so you can hear their uh, hot take on this. Well, sure. thank you so much for a lovely episode together, Nils. Um, if Thanks. people want to hear more from you or see any more of your tips, where's the best place that they can find you? So um, LinkedIn is a good place. Uh, also, if you just want to reach out or ask your questions, um, I'm already, always, always happy to, to answer or help. Yeah. Um, sometimes maybe even too much, but uh, well. Um, LinkedIn, um, my newsletter, uh, I post mm -hmm. once a week, um, on my newsletter. So, uh, that's where you can find me and also currently building up, uh, a new blog for, to, to actually help more people, um, with, with ready-made content, um, and get the zero juices flowing. So, um, probably mm, on three perfect well we'll make sure that we include those in the show notes thanks again for a great episode uh so happy to have had you hey, likewise um and i'm happy it finally happened <laughs> <laughs> same well that's another episode of click to buy we'll see you in the next episode all right see you